Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, and given our stories on today's podcast, I will also be America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual. I am joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy, Malcolm X. Hope everyone is having a good week so far. No complaints on this end. I'm sure I could find one or two or three or ten. <laughs> But I will not do that. We don't do that here on the Miller Frost Show. We're just here to have fun. And fun we have for you today. What do we have on today's podcast? We got an Oscars update. So all those woke, white, fake liberals out in Hollywood, we do have an update there. We have something on gay cereal. So just you folks wait on that. If you don't have enough gay in your life, you could eat gay cereal as well. My Little Pony and Nazis. Don't ask. <laughs> I will get to that in short order. Sam Smith is here as well. Lori Lightfoot, that uh, she's a borderline feckless mayor. <laughs> she's not as bad as Ted Wheeler out in Portland, but Lori Lightfoot is joining us today. Not in person, of course, but we have a delicious Lori Lightfoot story for you if you are interested. Of course, we have Teacher Bait. And we might even have visits to this podcast by COVID Karen. And I think even the Buttigieg girls may pop by as well. And we love it when the Buttigieg's, if you can say that 10 times fast, <laughs> we love it when those girls stop by. So hopefully they will do that. And folks, I have to say, we have had a horrible dry run with the smoking gun this past week. And I am not criticizing those folks at the smoking gun. They were doing the Lord's work and they were making the best lemonade they could with the rotten lemons they they were given. But folks, we had two podcasts. And folks, we normally end each podcast with a smoking gun story, right? But the last two stories we had, well, let's face it, they just kind of sucked. And why did they suck? Because nobody got arrested. And what is the point of having a smoking gun story if nobody gets arrested, Right. But this time, folks, my patience has paid off. The dry spell is over. Not only do we have an arrest in a smoking gun story, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, but I knew you folks in Florida, I knew you could not control yourselves for very long. So guess what? We have a Florida story on top of that. So you folks over at the smoking gun, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now get to work, get down to Florida, and find me more good stories. I got another podcast coming up on Sunday, and I'd like two or three, if you don't mind. <laughs> but anyway, before we jump in, one last thing. And White Boy Malcolm X, how could you not tell me, folks, two days ago on Monday was Lesbian Visibility Day. And that, just for you folks who are keeping score, is also called the Lesbian Day of Visibility I don't know what the difference is, but I guess they had two branding efforts on that one and they couldn't pick one or the other. So we got two of them. But yes, Lesbian Visibility Day, or 
If you're going to get butt hurt about that lesbian day of visibility, that was on Monday. And that, folks, is all around the world. That is Lesbian Visibility Day everywhere. So not only here in the United States, but in Chile, down in South America. It's also in Russia. Well, maybe not so much. They like to lock them up in Russia, <laughs> especially if they are in some punk rock band like they did with those lesbians. And I can't think of the name of that band. But yeah, probably not in Saudi Arabia either. <laughs> Trying to think of places where lesbians are welcome. Well, just say Western Europe and the U.S. Canada, of course, Australia, New Zealand. Those are probably the safest spaces. <laughs> if you leftist lesbians out there need a safe space, the Western Hemisphere is probably a very safe space for you. So happy belated Lesbian Visibility Day or Lesbian Day of Visibility to all those lesbians out there. I think that gets me off the hook with the lesbians, right, Wipe Macamex? Barely? Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. It is a nutty week around here, so hopefully a short podcast, which means under an hour and a half. This first one is from Campus Reform, and the headline is, Say It Loudly, I Am Not a Racist. And it's actually a very long opinion piece, and it's by Stuart Regis of the University of Washington. And it tells the tale of him being accused of racism. And it's a really fascinating article. It's just too long to read on this podcast, but I highly recommend you read it. Just go to Campus Reform and you can search for that. But I wanted to give you a couple pull quotes from about midway through his opinion piece about racism today. It's really fascinating. And I read it and I'm like, hmm, that makes total sense. In my lifetime, I have seen this country make incredible progress on the race issue. So I was confused to find myself accused of being a racist. Shelby Steele provided an answer. In his book, Shame, he writes that in our divided society, liberals pursue poetic truth that disregards the actual truth in order to assert a larger essential truth that supports one's ideological position, and that poetic truths work by moral intimidation rather than by reason, so that even to question them is heresy. He goes on to write that if you want to be politically correct, if you want to be seen as someone who is cleansed of America's past ugliness, you will go along with the poetic truth that racism is still a great barrier for blacks. Conversely, embracing the literal truth that racism is no longer a serious barrier will make you politically incorrect and will stigmatize you with that ugliness. And folks, I could not have said that better myself, and we see that all the time, right? Anytime you disagree with the BIPOC folk, what is the response? You're a racist, right? <laughs> and we've talked about that on this program, right? Every time someone would criticize Barack Obama's policies, what do they get? You're a racist. <laughs> Anytime you disagree with them on anything, you're a racist. You can even go around, folks, and say, you know what? I don't even see color. I am colorblind. I treat everyone equally. Guess what? You're still a racist. <laughs> that is the whole point of Robin D'Angelo's shtick. You have white fragility. You are a racist. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, racist, racist, racist. So that is how they like to silence us. And that is how they also like to make huge bank calling us racist. So it's a twofer for them. <laughs> they get to put us down and take a lot of money and go to the bank and say, I'd like to make a rather large deposit, please. Thank you. You got to admire their ingenuity, though. <laughs> racist. From the Daily Mail. Chadwick Boseman fans slam Oscars after he loses out to Anthony Hopkins for Best Actor at the end of the wokest awards ceremony ever. And folks, I think 
Correct me if I am wrong, White Boy Malcolm X, but Chadwick Boseman, that is the uh, Marvel guy, Black Panther. Yeah, okay, good. I guess he was not nominated for Black Panther, but I guess how woke the Academy is these days, they're like, oh, we have a dead black guy. Let's nominate him for an award. (laughs) That shows how woke we are. Unfortunately, they are not woke enough because everyone was like, wow, you nominated a black guy. You have to give it to him or you are a racist. (laughs) Just like we talked about with the transgenders entering the Miss USA contest. If you don't give them the award every year, year after year after year, you are a transphobe, right? (laughs) So this time, if you nominate a black guy, especially a dead black guy, and you don't give him the award at the end of the day, wow, you are a triple racist at that. So here are a couple pull quotes there. Film fans have blasted this year's Oscar ceremony as the wokest ever after a string of virtue-signaling speeches by stars before Anthony Hopkins, a heterosexual white male and an old one at that, was attacked for winning the Best Actor Award above Chaswick Boseman. Many then figured that the night would end with a posthumous award for Boseman after the Best Actor category was switched to the last in the billing instead of the traditional Best Picture, But instead, the award went to Hopkins, who broke the record for oldest Best Actor winner at 83 for his portrayal of a man with dementia in The Father, causing fury among viewers who declared he had stolen it. That crafty Anthony Hopkins, he stole that Oscar from a black man. Damn you, Anthony, damn you, man! Chadwick Boseman was robbed, one furious viewer tweeted, before another added, oh, White Boy Michael Max, we have the Twitter Rage Monkeys, and they are truly enraged at this social injustice that an old white man and a straight one at that stole an Oscar from a black man. The Oscars have proven once again that they have no idea what they're doing, said another. Oh, poor baby. It's gonna be all right. You know, White Boy Malcolm X, if this were a BLM riot, we could watch all the hysterical white millennial chicks shedding all those white women tears. Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. A black man was robbed of the Oscar. boo Come on, girls, let's go back to the suburbs now. I'm done riding. This, folks, this is the classic definition of the term butthurt. So if you hear me use the term butthurt and you're not quite sure what it means, Some random guy sitting in his home in the middle of America or wherever the hell he is, ranting and raving on Twitter about a stolen Oscar. That is butthurt, right? The guy's acting like someone came over and shot his dog, right? Over a stupid Oscar. So if you folks out there are butthurt over this, get over it. Good God. Get a life if this is something of importance to you. I tell you what though, White Boy Malcolm X, and you folks out there, Every time a black person is nominated until this woke crusade ends, every single time they are nominated and they don't win, these folks, these Twitter rage monkeys and all the other woke folk out there are going to have themselves a little bit of a hissy fit to show how butthurt they are. From CNBC, Democrat Manchin praises GOP infrastructure proposal, backs targeted approach. Uh Uh-oh, folks. When we're talking infrastructure, we're talking the Department of Transportation. And if we're talking about the Department of Transportation, we are talking about that pocket queen Pete Buttigieg. And no, seriously, folks, quit asking me. No, I do not know how short that short pocket queen is. But we are going to find out, Pete. We are going to get that height out of you. Yeah, 
or lack of height anyway. <laughs> We're going to get you, Pete. Anyway, let's find out what's going on over at the Department of Transportation. Senator Joe Manchin said he would support a more targeted version of President Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer's sprawling $2.25 trillion infrastructure package before focusing on other items as part of a separate plan. I do think that they should be separated because when you start putting so much into one bill, which we call an omnibus bill, makes it very, very difficult for the public to understand, the moderate West Virginia Democrat said during an interview on CNN State of the Union on Sunday. Hey, Joe. I know, not you, Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer, the other Joe, Joe Manchin. Hey, Joe, I think that's the point. (laughs) To stuff as much pork and as much crap into one bill (laughs) that nobody has time to read it, nobody even bothers to care, it's signed into law, and then that's when the real fun begins. So I wouldn't worry about that in the least. Manchin, a key figure in negotiations over the president's proposal, also praised the Republicans' counteroffer proposal. Uh-oh, I know who's about to get canceled, which is a fraction of the cost of the one Biden has unveiled and excludes Democratic goals like care for the elderly and disabled Americans. Manchin said the GOP plan is a good start. Uh-oh, I know who's really going to get canceled, and then canceled on top of that, and that a bipartisan proposal should tackle traditional infrastructure issues such as repairing roads and bridges. You know what, but Malcolm X, I already know who is extremely displeased at what Joe Manchin said. And what did he say? He said, you know what? Do we really need to spend $2.25 trillion on all this stuff, most of which has absolutely nothing to do with true infrastructure, like roads and bridges and airports and seaports and all the normal stuff that would go with infrastructure, right? It has nothing to do with taking care of the elderly or disabled Americans. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but is that infrastructure? No, right? So they were calling pretty much everything they could stuff into this bill as infrastructure. And there was one queen in particular, as you folks who listen to this podcast know, one queen who earmarked that entire $2.25 trillion towards remodeling gay bars in D.C. and the state of Indiana, because that low-rent queen, Chastin Buttigieg, he wanted to try to show me up because I called him a low-rent queen, which he is, right? That stupid low-rent queen. (laughs) Yes, Chastin, I am talking to you, and I'm going to find out how short your pocket queen husband is. (laughs) But I tell you what, though, folks, I bet there is probably an uncomfortable conversation going on at the Buttigieg household right about now. Pete, Pete. What, Chastin? Pete, I read something in the paper. I'm very, very, very upset. It was on CNBC. What did you see now, Chastin? Well, that Joe Manchin, that redneck from West Virginia. Huh, someone wants to call me a low-rent queen. Look at Joe Manchin. He's low-rent. He's from West Virginia. I'm just from Indiana. Okay, Chastin, what's your point? Well, he said, he said that they should not be spending $2.25 trillion. I am sorry, Pete, but I have already spent that money. Now, Chastin, we've talked about this. You really shouldn't be spending that $2.25 trillion. Well, you told me that I could spend that money remodeling all the gay bars in D.C. and then going back to Indiana and remodeling every single gay bar in the state of Indiana because I am not going to be called a low-rent queen by some podcaster. No, Chastin, I did not say that. Well, that's what I heard. Well, that's not what I said. Well, that's what I heard. Okay, Chastin, what would you like me to do? 
Well, I want you to talk to Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer, and I want you to get Queen Kamala, and I want you to tell them to tell that stupid redneck from West Virginia that he better fall in line, because he is not going to block my spending $2.25 trillion on remodeling gay bars in D.C. instead of Indiana. Justin, I said you could not spend $2.25 trillion on remodeling gay bars in D.C. and the state of Indiana. Well, that's not what I heard. Justin, I have to go to work. They got the bicycle loaded up in the SUV, and I've got to get going. Well, I still don't know why you have to ride that bike one block. I told you that those cheap suits you've got to wear, they are not going to stand up if i got to keep taking them to the dry cleaner all the time because you keep getting them dirty because you got to ride your bike one stupid block because you got to show everyone how fancy you are. Okay, Justin, I've got to go. Maybe can I get a trillion dollars? Justin will discuss this when I get home. Goodbye. You can see, folks, that Joe Manchin is causing huge amounts of trouble at the Buttigieg household. Because poor Chaston, he is not going to listen. He wants that whole $2.25 trillion to remodel all those gay bars. And Chaston, dear princess, you are still a low-rank queen. I don't care how much money you spend on remodeling gay bars in the state of Indiana. You are a low-rank queen. From the Daily Wire, Biden administration gives green light to fly rainbow flags at the U.S. embassies worldwide. And I hear all you queens out there going, oh, oh, we got the gay flag flying everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's find out about that. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has given blanket approval for U.S. embassies and consulates around the world to fly the rainbow LGBT pride flag on the same pole as the American flag. Not the best flag, I would have to say, and I think they've muddled it even more. White by Malcolm X, do you like the gay flag? Meh. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of meh on it. It's like, whatever. Blinken's directive reversed the policy of the evil Nazi-loving Trump administration under former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who refused requests from embassies to fly the rainbow flag and the American flag together, according to a Friday report from Foreign Policy. And I am so glad, folks, that a huge priority for our embassies around the world is to cable Washington to make requests about hanging a gay flag outside the embassy. We just want to appear progressive in all corners of the world. Can we fly this flag? And Pompeo's like, no, just stop. (laughs) Grow up and act like an adult and actually represent this country in a non-embarrassing way, please. The State Department under Pompeo, who no doubt, folks, is also a Nazi, permitted pride-related paraphernalia elsewhere. According to a confidential cable reviewed by Foreign Policy, Blinken authorized diplomats to unfurl the rainbow flag ahead of May 17th. White boy Malcolm X, write this down, which is the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. Okay, forget that. Don't write that down. (laughs) Because those bisexuals out there, man, they are hating on me, I'm sure, after I call them the lowest bar (laughs) in the tribe. It is the laziest, laziest designation ever. (laughs) Because you will do anyone, right? These lazy bisexuals. I'll just, I'll just take whatever I can get. I'm a, I'm a bisexual. <laughs> okay, then. June commemorates Pride Month, yes, we know, in the United States and many other countries. So I hope you queens feel better about having a rainbow flag <laughs> flying outside those embassies around the world. I hope that makes you feel fulfilled inside 
deep, deep inside you to know that the rainbow flag is flying around right next to the American flag. Oh, it's making such a dramatic difference in my life already. I can feel it all. <sighs> okay, then. And, and white boy Macamax, we are not bringing this up on May 17th because I am already in enough trouble with the bisexuals because <laughs> I give them too hard of a time, which I think in my defense they deserve, but <laughs> we are just going to let that one go. But anyway... International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. Coming to a whatever near you. This next story is from Blaze Media. And, ooh, COVID Karen is going to be pissed off. I mean, folks, royally pissed off when she hears this headline. MIT Social Distancing Study. So I guess, folks, those virgins over at MIT are no longer studying in-app purchases for sex dolls. (laughs) which we talked about on our Sunday podcast, finds there really isn't much of a benefit to the six-foot rule indoors. Uh Uh-oh, the six-foot rule is a joke? Let's find out more about that. A pair of professors from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, which again, folks, also studies the in-app purchases you might be able to make from an AI sex doll, say indoor social distancing guidelines are unnecessary and not based on science. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh, after finding that it makes virtually no difference whether folks are six feet or 60 feet apart when it comes to the spread of COVID-19. Well, folks, don't tell that to Gavin Gayface Newsom out in California, and don't tell that to Andy Cuomo in New York, and don't tell that to the Wicked Witch of the Midwest over in Michigan either, because they love to lock down their states, and they love to enforce those six-foot rules. Oh, shh. MIT professors Martin Bazant and John W. M. Bush have published a study arguing that the current revival of the American economy is being predicated on social distancing, specifically the six-foot rule, a guideline that offers little protection from pathogen-bearing aerosol droplets sufficiently small to be continuously mixed through an indoor space. They found, in short, as CNBC explains, that the risk of being exposed to COVID-19 indoors is as great at 60 feet as it is at 6 feet, even while wearing a mask. What the hell is going on here? What the hell are these people over at MIT saying? You have to wear a mask. You have to wear two masks. And you better wear a mask on your butt as well, especially if you are in Great Britain and you are taking a poop on the street. How dare you say six feet doesn't matter? Six feet matters. Six feet matters a lot. How dare you say that? How dare you not recommend that people wear three masks? How dare you people at MIT? I am going to have you canceled. I am going to call the police. And I better not catch you doing the hokey-cokey in a park because then I will call the police again. And then I will call MI5. And then I will call MI6. And I don't care if you are at MIT in Massachusetts. I will send them over your way. How dare you say that? You better not say that again. Oh, I am going to come over there. And I am going to call the police. And I am going to watch them take you away. And I am going to laugh at you. How dare you say that? You better recant this. Oh, I am going to have you canceled. Ah! COVID, Karen, whoa, slow your roll, honey. (laughs) You see, folks, you can't mess with the six-foot rule. You can't mess with wearing a mask. You can't mess with any of that, or you are going to get COVID, Karen, all worked up, and she will get super butthurt, and then she will call the cops. I don't know who these clowns over at MIT are, Martin Bazant and John W.M. Bush, but man, you two gentlemen, or... Maybe you identify as something else. I don't know. I don't want to judge. It's Massachusetts, and I know I'm going to a re-education camp very soon if I do. But yeah, you two need to retract that, or you're going to get double double canceled in very short order. Man, 
like any of this white boy Malcolm X, like any of these rules, like stay six feet apart inside or outside and wear a mask. And we recommend to like any of that's going to change because they're following the <coughs> they're following the science, the science that controls you and me. Right. You have some MIT professors going, yeah, that doesn't really matter. Six feet, 60 feet. It's all it's all the same. Right. At the end of the day. But yeah. You don't tell that to the COVID care and enforcers out there. They are not going to tolerate these two clowns over at MIT contradicting their version of the science, right? It's like that poetic truth we had uh, in the campus reform article earlier, right? There is a poetic truth, which says you have to be six feet apart and you have to wear a mask or two, right? And then there is the actual truth, right? (laughs) Which says, no, none of that works, right? So yes, in this case, just like it is in race, the poetic truth Trumps, and yes, folks, I do use that word deliberately, the poetic truth trumps the literal truth every time when it comes to the left. And for our last news quick hit, this is from Outspoken. Rumors of Lightfoot resignation swirl amid sordid infidelity scandal. Uh Uh-oh, Lori Lightfoot is apparently, possibly, maybe, allegedly, fooling around. So let's find out more about that. Rumors of the impending resignation of lesbian Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Gee, how could you tell she was a lesbian? Not that haircut, not those clothes. Due to alleged romantic infidelity, abounded over the weekend on social media. The story, sparked by a tweet from civil rights activist Jamal Green, which has since been deleted or removed, Lori Lightfoot is resigning tomorrow in a stunning end to her mayorship. Wow. And folks, WOW is in all caps. Green's tweet was referencing a story of unknown origin that gave explicit and damning details of the alleged scandal. International Business Times reported, the woman Lightfoot was having an affair with had a boyfriend. So white boy Malcolm X, Lori Lightfoot's alleged mistress is a bisexual. Do I have that right? Yes. (laughs) Another lazy one. I'll do anyone who was caught for possession of weapon and asked Lightfoot to take care of it. God. So Lori Lightfoot's alleged bisexual mistress's boyfriend, if I get all that right, God. I'm from South Carolina, and that is still a nutty trail to follow. But yeah, she wanted Lori Lightfoot to make that gun charge go away. The extortion calls allegedly led to Eichelman, Lightfoot's wife, finding out, and get this, folks, beating Lightfoot. Holy crap. Lori Lightfoot's wife Beats her, allegedly. Man, the last thing I would do, folks, is punch a lesbian because they will beat your ass right back. I would not screw around with Lori Lightfoot. She's got mean face. That woman looks like she will tear a hole through you and not think twice about it. Damn, and someone's beating on her. I'd hate to see what her wife looks like. Probably like a linebacker. Jesus Christmas. In an official statement on Sunday, Lightfoot aimed to dispel the rumors and instead turn it into a narrative a personal victimhood. Our city doesn't have any time for homophobic, racist, and misogynist rumors today or any day, she said. I tell you what, though, white boy Malcolm X, I bet you if this allegation is true that her wife is beaten on her, I bet you that Lori Lightfoot regrets the day after their first or second date that she agreed to get a U-Haul and have those two move in together and then get married after like a month. Man, I bet she regrets that. And you folks... If you want to yell at me, yell at this podcast for making a joke about lesbians and U-Hauls, guess who told me that joke? A lesbian. (laughs) So don't yell at me, you can yell at her. 
And while you're at it, you can call her self-loathing too. <laughs> man, I can't believe that. I tell you what though, White Bone Michael Max, if I was dating someone and a man hit me, that would be the end of him. <laughs> That's it. Game over. Does that make me look butch, White Bone Michael Max? <laughs> Barely. Okay. Okay. Enough with our news quick hits. In all seriousness, though, Lori, get the hell out of that situation if that's what you're in. From Pink News, and yes, White by Malcolm X, gay is at the front, and folks, smoking gun, arrest Florida. That is how we are going to wrap up this podcast, but first, we got to get through a couple stories. Trust me, we're going to get there, so settle in, buckle up, here we go. Kellogg's is launching LGBT-themed cereal so you can start your day with maximum gay. God. Yeah, okay, whatever. Kellogg's is launching a limited edition LGBT-themed cereal in celebration of Pride so you can start your day with the breakfast of champions, glitter. And white boy Malcolm X, what is odd to you, sir? What is odd about that sentence? Read it again. You're not... For Christmas sake, white boy Malcolm X, you gotta pay attention. Kellogg's is launching a limited edition... You got that? Okay. LGBT-themed cereal... Ah, there you go. Uh-huh. Where's the Q? Where's the plus? Very good. It helps when you pay attention, sir. It does help when you pay attention. Yes, folks, what the hell is going on with Kellogg's? How could they forget the questioning community? If they're going to include the bisexuals, which are what? The laziest members of our tribe. How could they forget the questioning? Those poor questioning folks. They are riddled with insecurities because they just don't know what they are, or who they are, or what they like. What their gender is, what their sexual preferences are, what their uh, funky pronouns are, right? The poor questioning community, they want to eat the LGBTQ cereal, not just the LGBT cereal. And folks, the plus, that is the catch-all that includes all the other weirdos in our tribe that we don't want to use any more letters of the alphabet for. They just get a plus. So you folks at Kellogg, screw you if you are going to leave out the questioning and the plus folks in our tribe. We don't want your damn glitter. Well, I know the queens will, but the lesbians and the bisexuals and the transgenders, they will. Ah, I take that back. I think the transgenders might like some glitter as well, but some of us will stand firm against you folks until you include the Q and the plus. The company teamed up with Glad. Glad. They are, folks, they are my second favorite professional gay organization, but if you want to talk about a group that gets rich off of fomenting social disorder and getting people pissed off at each other. Those folks at GLAD, yeah, they do a somewhat good job about it, right? The Human Rights Campaign, they are my favorite professional gay organization. They do a slightly better job of making gay people hate straight people and vice versa. Yeah, they are involved. They get the cash from the serial purchases to support their efforts to accelerate LGBT plus rights. So now they're throwing in the plus. Still forgetting the Q, or it's maybe those idiots over at Pink News, they can't make up their mind either. The 7.8 ounce boxes have a suggested retail price of around four bucks, four bucks too many, and shoppers must upload a copy of their receipt to Kellogg's Family Rewards to support the donation. The box features a variety of familiar Kellogg's characters, Tony the Tiger, Snap, Crackle and Pop, Toucan Sam, and the Frosted Mini Wheat to celebrate everyone having a seat at the breakfast table together Kellogg set. And I think I just threw up my cereal reading that stupid pablum. 
It's not the first time Kellogg's has joined forces with Glad. The two have had a long-standing partnership after they created another Pride-themed breakfast called All Together Cereal in 2019. And no, folks, I'm not reading any more of that garbage. <laughs> so you queens out there, you queens that want to eat edible glitter, oh yes, I want to have all sorts of glitter in my cereal. It's going to be fabulous. Yes, you queens, you queens will have that in your Kellogg cereal next month. I'll tell you what, White Bone Malcolm X, those queens are easily satisfied. <laughs> Just give them some glitter cereal and they are happy. Oh, yes, we feel so special and folks, and we get to hang a gay flag outside of an embassy. So I'm going to masturbate eating some Kellogg cereal with glitter in it, watching flags fly outside of U.S. embassies. <laughs> I hope this symbolism makes you queens happy. Sunni Genicio, and folks, I hope I am pronouncing that correctly, announces new dorm for students of color. The State University at New York Genicio has announced their newest addition, the school's, what the hell is that word? Umoja, U-M-O-J-A. And no, folks, I am not being snarky. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce that. Umoja House, a dorm for students of color. The Umoja House Living Learning Community, good God, will open for the fall 2021 semester, according to the Genicio Umoja page. <laughs> Say that 50 times fast. Those living in the dorm will support students of color on campus by planning and hosting events. I bet those are going to be a lot of fun. And will examine the impact of social justice leaders and movements on current events. And I assume, folks, what they mean by the impact of social justice leaders I assume that they are talking about the toxification of race relations in this country. That is a huge impact those folks are having and, and of course, getting rich along the way, right? (laughs) So they are getting a twofer. They get to create their own demand, right? They toxify the race relations in this country and they do it by feeding everyone these woke books about how whitey sucks, right? And then it just creates a lovely circle for them where they can sell more books because more BIPOC folk go, yeah, Whitey does suck. I better read up on that, right? And so they're buying the books, and right? And then, of course, the white liberals going, oh, yeah, right now we suck. Please forgive us. How can we repent? And, of course, like Ibram X. Kendi, right, our favorite social justice warrior here on the miller Show, what does he say? Buy my book. And, of course, he also says, don't buy Robin D'Angelo's book because you don't want to give that money to a white woman. She is a white racist as well. And I'm sorry for being redundant by saying white racist. Buy my book because I'm a BIPOC folk. <laughs> so yeah, that is exactly what the impact of social justice leaders is. And for you fake social justice leaders like you, Colin Kaepernick, and yes, I am speaking directly to you, your impact is just getting rich off your stupid SPAC and all that other crap you're invested in. <laughs> you are all frauds. Members will also take part in a discussions. You know what that does, White Boy Malcolm X? That makes me a racist because I am violating someone's poetic truth. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm totally stealing that from Shelby Steele. And Shelby, thank you, sir. I will make sure to give you credit every time I use it. Members will also take part in a discussion series surrounding race, ethnicity, and politics, media, health, etc. Just what everyone wants when they go back to the dorm after a full day out protesting, rioting, looting, burning, having a grand gale time, going and seeing your college professors who are also talking about how Whitey sucks, you get to go back to your dorm room and instead of getting an oasis of calm and peace and quiet, no, you get to talk about how Whitey sucks even more. So you get it in all your waking hours. Whether you're in your pajamas sitting around the dorm or you're in your regular clothes sitting in the classroom or just walking around on campus, you get to talk about race. (laughs) Lucky you.
The space is meant as a recharging station for students of color. Doesn't sound like they're going to recharge if all they're doing is talking about race, getting them all worked up. SUNY Director of Multicultural Programs and Services, Sasha Eloi Evans, said. And yes, folks, Eloi Evans is hyphenated. And what do we say about hyphenated last names on a college campus here on the Miller Frost Show? Nutty as a Mad Hatter. The hope is that the students will live together, form a community, and because of those connections, be more engaged and invested in the institution. I guess that means they don't want them protesting against the institution. (laughs) At some point, they're buying some goodwill or thinking they're going to. They then feel more confident in participating in other aspects of campus life and leadership roles. They aren't just on campus. They're in campus. And white boy Malcolm X, let me ask you a quick question before you carry on with this garbage. Do you think, white boy Malcolm X, do you think that these BIPOC folks, after a full day of talking about race, and then they go into their safe space in their college dorm at Yamoja House or whatever they want to call it, do you think, white boy Malcolm X, because they are basically going to be living in a woke cocoon, right? They are going to be in there all the time, and they can talk about race, and they can bash whitey all day long, and they'll do it. No white people around, right? Even the liberal whites, I'm sure they get exhausted by them too, right? Probably like, oh, for Christmas sake, here comes another hysterical white millennial Gen Z chick. Here comes that flood of white women's tears. God, here they go again. It's all about them and their need to help us lowly BIPOC folk who can't help themselves, right? Here they come trying to champion our cause before they go back to their lily white suburb, right? So they're in this safe space, just talking to the other BIPOC folk, right? And that is a very safe cocoon, folks, right? Do you think white boy Malcolm X, after being cocooned like they are, morning, noon, and night, do you think they are going to go into a situation, even if it is a college campus and 98% of the folks there are either woke or they pretend to be, right? So they don't get in trouble. They don't get assigned a seat on the train to the re-education camps, right? So 98% of the campus is pretending to be woke or actually woke. Do you think, White Boy Malcolm X, that they are going to leave that safe space and risk running into the maybe 1-2% of the college population where they're at at SUNY Genesco that may disagree with their outlook, right? That might say, no, I don't think all white people are inherently racist, right? That would trigger the crap out of these people, especially if they're living in the cocoon, right? So do you think they are going to venture out of that cocoon at all if that risks them shattering their worldview? Hell no. Okay. I didn't think so either. I just wanted to, I thought maybe I'm being a little, you know, overly stereotypical about the woke folk and their need to not be around anything that triggers them. But okay, that is the case. SUNY Genesco Associate Director of Residence Life for Educational Initiatives. Now that, folks, that is a fancy title. Megan Reitz, reason that part of the goal in supporting BIPOC students is giving them a place where they don't feel like they have to put on a different face. Well, okay then. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that, right? They're going to, I would like to think that they are going to be in for a world of hurt when reality brushes up against their cocoon on their college campus, but not this day and age, folks. We are in the middle of a woke crusade, right? (laughs) So now they can leave their college campus and be safe from opposing viewpoints. From Adi, my little pony fandom faces internal strife over... (gasps) White supremacists. So folks, white supremacists lurking about, hiding in the shadows, are Little Pony fans. Jesus Christmas, White Boy Malcolm X. Are they, uh, are they trolling us with that article? Huh. Let's find out about that. 
Remember 10 years ago when My Little Pony suddenly gathered a following of thousands of grown adult people? If you don't, here's a newsflash for you. It happened. And White Boy Malcolm X, do you know about My Little Pony? The ponies and the rainbows, yeah. That's about all I know about it. But yeah, I think they're ponies that dance around rainbows. I don't know. I'm not a little pony fan. I know you BIPOC folk out there think I am a white supremacist lurking about, hiding in the shadows. But no, I am here behind this microphone. I'm not hiding anywhere. And no, I am not a white supremacist. You BIPOC folk and your poetic truths. And thanks again, Shelby Steele. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic is the third TV iteration of the popular toy in media franchise. The cartoon started airing in 2010 and quickly attracted an enormous fandom of not only children, but also adults. Creepy adults, if you ask me, but let's find out more. Now, a decade later, the show's popularity has waned, but it still has a surprisingly active online community. These My Little Pony fans, or bronies as they call themselves, share their love for the show mostly through online discussions and by creating fan media like art and music. White Boy Malcolm X, are the bronies, would you consider them similar to the Yobros? And if you folks don't know what a Yobro is, that was what we would call those doofusy pothead kids out in Colorado. <laughs> the ones that would say yo or bro, every other word out of their mouth, yo bro. <laughs> those idiots, right? So a brony could be like a Yobro, but a weirdo that likes My Little Pony <laughs> and creates fan media like art and music. Jesus Christmas. <laughs> if you are doing that, if you are a brony, Please seek medical attention. But recently, this community has had to struggle with a surprising problem. One? <laughs> they only have one problem, White Boy Malcolm X? Good God. Folks, these bronies have a lot of problems. They have a huge amount of problems. <laughs> Man, let's find out what this one is. Namely, they're trying to decide what they should do about their small but vocal minority of white supremacists and straight-up neo-Nazis. <laughs> Oh my God. Let's just take a step back here, yes please, and try to process this. My Little Pony, a media franchise primarily aimed at little girls whose message revolves namely around let's all be friends, has an issue with neo-Nazi fans. <laughs> okay, I am not reading any more of this. I, I seriously, folks, I think they're trolling us with this. I think they're making this crap up. They're like, let's get some idiot to read this on a podcast. And today I am that idiot. <laughs> You folks at Adi, okay, you got me. Fair enough. I am going to, uh, yeah, I'm done with this. I tell you what, though, folks, this has got to be millennials. <laughs> Millennial Nazis and white supremacists lurking about, hiding in the shadows, in their mother's basement, masturbating the porn, playing video games, and eyeing up that sex doll, waiting for the day that the AI sex doll arrives so they can have in-app purchases for $9.95. <laughs> okay. You white supremacists and Nazis, I thought you were screwed before, but if you're jerking off to My Little Pony, <laughs> you people are bigger freaks than I thought you were. Can you see them, white boy Malcolm X? <laughs> I love Adolf Hitler and My Little Pony. <laughs> oh my God, the world is totally blanked <laughs> at this point. And I go from... Neo-Nazi white supremacist weirdos who masturbate to My Little Pony to this. <laughs> I would almost say gentlemen, but I can't say that because it's they, them, right? The funky pronoun. Yes, folks, we're talking about Sam Smith. This is from the Gateway Pundit. God, this podcast, White by Malcolm X, this is a dumpster fire and we have not even gotten to teacher bait or the smoking gun. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
Non-binary singer Sam Smith gets insanely creepy tattoo of a little boy in high heels and underwear. Well, I suspect it's not insanely creepy to Sam Smith, but let's find out more there. The tattoo, done in simple black line art, features a very young boy in his underwear and high heels while looking in the mirror. Of course, this disturbing imagery is being celebrated and cheered on by the liberal media, who are doing the whole stunning and brave bit, of course, while claiming this rubbish is some meaningful art about his gender identity. Although, folks, I I have to give the media a little bit of slack here, because if they dare criticize it like these folks over at the Gateway Pundit are, they are going to get called all sorts of names. <laughs> and we know how sensitive the media is if they are called unwoke. Though the fawning media class was quick to assign deep sentiments about the half-naked child's art, Smith himself has not actually commented on his motivations. Page Six even went as far as referring to the little boy in the tattoo as a short-haired person to apparently avoid misgendering a tattoo. (laughs) Yes, folks, that is totally normal in 2021. Though neither Langford nor Smith, 28, have commented, and folks, Langford is the tattoo artist, on the meaning behind the tattoo, the latter, who identifies as non-binary and uses the pronouns they, them, theirs, of course, has been open about their love of high heels and past body images issues Page Six wrote. Smith had liposuction at age 12. Jesus Christmas. His parents signed off, I'm sorry, their parents signed off on that card and has considered a sex change operation. I'm not male or female, Smith said on far-left actress Jamila Jamil's Instagram podcast. I have no idea who she is. I think I float somewhere in between. Yes, dear. (laughs) Yes, dear, that you do. When I saw the word non-binary gender queer and read into it and I heard these people speaking, I was like, F, that is me, he explained. And he didn't just say F. Non-binary gender queer is that you do not identify in a gender. You are a mixture of all things. You are your own special creation god. (laughs) He's not self-absorbed. That's how I take it. I'm not male or female. I think I float somewhere in between. It's all on the spectrum. Yes, Sam, you are so special. You get your own funky pronouns and you get your own special creation of a gender. (laughs) Because you and 50 million other people are so unique and so special, you have to all do the same thing. (laughs) Grow up. I've always been very free in terms of thinking about my sexuality, added the dancing with a stranger singer, so I've just tried to change that into my thoughts on gender as well. Smith said he will think like a woman sometimes. What the hell does that mean, white boy Malcolm X? Think like a woman sometimes. That sounds kind of sexist to me. What do you think he means by that? Holding a grudge? (laughs) Damn, white boy Malcolm X. You're not supposed to say things like that. And everyone knows queens are more vindictive. (laughs) Queens hold more of a grudge than women do. Good God, sir. Don't say things like that. Settle down over there. I will tell you this, though, folks. And no, it has nothing to do with him thinking like a woman. I actually, truly, seriously, I actually feel bad for Sam Smith. Don't give me that look over there. I do. I really, really do feel bad for Sam Smith. And I feel bad for him in this way. He is... They are, excuse me, I didn't do that on purpose. They are becoming a caricature of themselves, right? They are no longer known as a singer. They are known by their funky pronouns and their special, super special creation of a gender, right? That's what they're being known for now. It's not that he, they, God 
Darn it. This is why I hate the fucking pronouns. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. I swear to God, I am not doing that on purpose. I'm not that kind of passive-aggressive queen. I am a queen, but I'm not that passive-aggressive. Anyway, they are, I think, more known now for their, their funky pronouns than any song they ever sang at any time. <laughs> so I do feel bad for him in that sense, right? He's just a caricature, right? <laughs> at this point, that's what he's become. But Sam, hey, I hope this makes you happy. I hope your little non-binary cartoon on your leg or whatever the hell you got this tattoo, I hope that makes you happy. I hope your special creation of a gender makes you happy. I hope your thinking like a woman sometimes makes you happy. And shut up, Wipe Macamax. <laughs> Don't get me in any more trouble with this. I hope this all makes you happy. I hope you find yourself. I hope you find your bliss. But, you know, go back to singing for a change. <laughs> You don't always have to talk about your special gender identity all the time because that's all I know you for these days. I have absolutely no idea what you've ever sang. And this article says you sang a song called Dancing with a Stranger. Never heard it, right? But I do know about your funky pronouns. So Sam, settle down up there. Go find yourself, go find your bliss and get back to singing. We are down to three stories, wipe on Malcolm X. Go on. After the last couple, thank God we are almost out of here, folks. I see the off-ramp in the far distance, but three more stories. Let's go ahead and tackle the first one from UPI. Hundreds of people named Josh battle with pool noodles in Nebraska. So you folks in Nebraska, bless all of your hearts if this is your idea of a good time, a good source of entertainment. Hundreds of people with the first name Josh gathered in Nebraska with pool noodles for a battle royale that began as a joke on social media. Josh Swain, 22, of course a Gen Z kid, an Arizona college student, said he was bored during the pandemic in April 2020. I wonder, White Bum Malcolm X, if his parents yanked the internet out of that basement and they hid that sex doll from him so he couldn't do all the usual fun kids his age do. In April 2020, so as a joke, he sent a message to a few people who shared his name and challenged them to duel him in one year's time in a Nebraska park. Swain said the joke soon turned into a real plan, and Saturday, hundreds of Joshes gathered with pool noodles in Lincoln's Air Park to battle it out. The event began with Swain and another Josh Swain, who hails from Omaha, playing rock, paper, scissors for the rights to their name. The Arizona student won the initial contest, and the event then turned to the pool noodle melee. A four-year-old boy named Joshua Vincent Jr. was declared the winner of the pool noodle battle. What kind of wimps wipe by Malcolm X? Get beat by a four-year-old with a pool noodle, Jesus Christmas, and was presented with a Burger King crown and hoisted into the air to a round of cheers from all the Joshes there. The Joshes collected 300 pounds of food for the Food Bank of Lincoln and raised more than $8,000 for the Children's Hospital and Medical Center Foundation in Omaha. And charity aside, folks, I think that's great that they collected all that food and they raised all that money. But this just makes me sick. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, this makes me sick. Sick to my stomach. And how unwoke of you, sir, to not understand why I am literally nauseous here. I am about to throw up on this expensive microphone. I am that sick to my stomach about this event in Nebraska with all these people named Josh. And let me tell you folks why. I don't even have to see a picture of this event, of this pool noodle battle in Nebraska to know who's there, right? Who names their kid Josh? White people do. So you got a bunch of 
white supremacists looking about, hiding in the shadows, in plain sight at a park in Nebraska, because we know, folks, that white people are racist pigs. They're probably all a bunch of Nazis. They are definitely a bunch of white supremacists. You got a bunch of white people there, all named Josh, right? Name for me one BIPOC person named Josh, right? That has never happened in world history. That will never happen in world history. Maybe if a gay couple adopted a black kid, maybe they would name him Josh. (laughs) Because you know how queens are. They'll screw up anything. But yes, that's the only time a black kid would ever be named Josh is if two queens adopted him and named him Josh. (laughs) Right off the bat, right? That's the only reason. But I guarantee to you, folks, it was a sea of lily white at this event in Nebraska. So it was basically, they want to call it a pool noodle battle. (laughs) Fake. That was just a white supremacist rally. (laughs) They were probably planning to overthrow the Capitol again. (laughs) These brats named Josh running around with their stupid noodles, right? They were planning a battle with the Capitol Police. The next time they're going to bring weapons, right? Last time, what they do? They tried to overthrow the U.S. government and nobody brought a weapon. I think, folks, that if they brought a bunch of pool noodles, that's a grand step up from the last time they tried to take over the government. These clowns, all named Josh, can rush the Capitol with their pool noodles. They probably have a better chance than the shaman guy, all those weirdos, those creepers lurking about, hiding in the shadows, rioting at the Capitol, right? These guys, I bet, could do a halfway decent job. But if you listen to Sunday's podcast, the United States Postal Service, those virgin woke pajama boys over at the U.S. Postal Service, they're probably, if they're not masturbating to porn, which is probably what they're doing most of the time, they're probably monitoring the social media sites of all these Josh, the Josh eyes, to to figure out that they're going to try to overthrow the government. You white supremacists in Nebraska, I know what you're up to. I am Woke Miller. I know what you're doing. You're trying to hide in plain sight. You are trying to prep for battle to try to get at the BIPOC folk because I know how you white supremacists and Nazis are when you're not jerking off to my little pony or playing stupid pool noodle games. I got my eye on you kids. They're not fooling me, white boy Malcolm X. But anyway, let's go ahead and get to our teacher bait story because after that, folks, we got an arrest in Florida via the smoking gun. And this is from the Daily Mail. Female Catholic school teacher, 21, is arrested for having sex with male student, 15, in the back of her car at a deserted fairground. Hmm. A boy is getting diddled involving a Catholic school and the priest is not involved? Now that, folks, that is odd. Let's find out what's going on there. A high school teacher in Ohio has been arrested for allegedly having sex with a 15-year-old male student in the back of her car at a deserted fairground. Carissa McAllister, 21, who is a Spanish teacher, head cross-country coach, and assistant track coach at Catholic Central High School. Damn, white boy Malcolm X. This chick, this horny teacher, going, um, nom, 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 nom. I gotta get me some of that fresh teacher bait. She's got like three jobs over there. <laughs> she is all over the place was taken into custody last week after the mother of the alleged victim informed staff about an incident that occurred in March. So no doubt that kid came back from the cross-country meet with a crap-eating grin all over his face. (laughs) That mother's like, hmm, something is up there. Authorities said McAllister drove the teenager home from a track meet at Edison Local School on March 30th. Police said McAllister parked at the Harrison County Fairground in Cadiz, Ohio, where they had sex in the back of her car. Yes, we already know that. Since her arrest, McAllister, who is facing two counts of sexual battery, has posted $100,000 bail. White boy Malcolm X. 
If she's banging him once in the back of that car, why is that two counts of sexual battery? Each orgasm. (laughs) So she got charged for her orgasm and for his orgasm. (laughs) Makes perfect sense to me. In a press release, the Diocese of Steubenville said McAllister had been placed on leave. In addition, the faculty of the high school and junior high schools were notified by Thomas Costello, principal of Catholic Central High School, of the charges during a meeting after school on April 23rd. And can you imagine, white boy Malcolm X, can you imagine how awkward that conversation was, right? Because Thomas Costello there, he's got all these teachers in front of him, and I'm sure he could hear very quietly in the background, he could hear, nom, 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 where's that teacher Where's that teacher page? Where's that teacher page? Right? So he's probably like, oh, crap, I got a room full of teachers and I got to talk about not touching the teacher page? This is going to be a very painful conversation, right? Because I bet you folks that the first time he said, ladies, do not bang the students anymore. They're probably like screeching at him. (laughs) Ah, what the hell do you mean? Ah, right? You want to talk about hysterical women, right? I mean, if you think those dopey millennial white chicks running around, looting, rioting, burning, having a grand gale time, if you thought they were hysterical, try telling a high school teacher that she cannot touch the teacher bait anymore. That's like taking away the oxygen, right? They have to have that oxygen. They have to go, no, 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 no. I got to get that teacher bait. I got to have that fresh teacher bait, right? So, whew, I hate to be him. The parents of all high school and junior high students were also notified about the incident through emails the statement reads. So ladies, you teachers over there at Catholic Central High School, game over. Because those parents, you think they weren't looking for it before? They are definitely going to be looking for it now. They're going to be like, man, my teenage son has a crap-eating grin on his face. I bet you one of his high school teachers is giving him a blowjob or letting him do whatever to her. I'm going to go down to that damn Catholic school and I'm going to straighten that out. So, ladies, game over. You better transfer to another high school. I keep telling white boy Malcolm X, and you teachers out there, you high school teachers, go, I gotta get that first teacher bait. I gotta get that first teacher bait. You don't understand, Miller. I gotta get that first teacher bait. Never get a boy to do a man's job. Jesus Christmas, ladies, just stop. And another thing, white boy Malcolm X, now that I think about this, now that I might have a thesis, folks, I may understand why High school teachers are so attracted to high school boys, right? I think I might know because what did this teacher do, right? She is like the head cross-country coach in addition to like 10 other jobs over at the school, right? But that's her job, right? So she is around a bunch of sweaty teenage boys all the time, right? And let's face it, teenage boys probably don't have the best hygiene anyway, so they probably stink half the time anyway. I think, white boy Malcolm X, and you folks out there, I think, I don't know if it's at pheromones or whatever. I don't know whatever scent teenage boys, sweaty teenage boys, unbathed teenage boys give off, but I think it's turning these high school teachers on. I think we could actually reduce the number of teachers wanting to bang a high school boy if we made every boy shower the morning before he went to school. (laughs) Because then the teachers wouldn't get a, a whiff of their sweaty little, ugh, disgusting, but yeah, but apparently it turns them on. That's my thesis, right? But yeah. If we had them shower, I think we could about put an end to this. I mean, let's face it. There's always going to be a teacher who doesn't care. She's like, no, 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 no. Okay, I guess they smell good, but I still want that teacher. Right? No, 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 no. Right? You're still going to have that, the occasional one. But I bet if we made all these sweaty, stinky teenage boys shower, those high school teachers would not get turned on in the first place. But seriously, ladies, 
never, ever, 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 ever get a boy to do a man's job. Jesus Christmas. When will you learn? Okay, folks, I have been promising this, and so let's go ahead and jump right in from the smoking gun. Lap dance offers end with woman in handcuffs. I know, folks, I don't think she was having a good time with those guys. But let's find out about that. After offering random citizens lap dancing, a tipsy Florida woman, and folks, I think that is a bit of a redundancy, but I digress, asked police if they wanted to bang on the sidewalk and threatened to assault paramedics if they came near her, according to an arrest report. Cops responding to a disturbance call Saturday evening encountered Olivia Taylor Washek, 28. And yes, folks, Taylor Washek is hyphenated. And and if you want to know why all these dopey millennial chicks with hyphenated last names are so crazy, don't ask me. <laughs> I got no clue. On the sidewalk outside a bar in St. Petersburg, Taylor Washek, cops said, had been stumbling on the sidewalk and attempting to give random citizens lap dances outside of a business. The arrest paperwork does not indicate whether any lap dances were actually consummated. Seen at right in White Boy Malcolm X. Look at this stupid chick. Skank. Thank you. Yes, she is a kind of a skank. No, I take that back. She is a full-on skank. Taylor Washick was highly intoxicated and stumbling, prompting officers to call for a fire rescue team. Man, you know they're desperate if they're calling the fire department. Uh, guys, can you come down and uh, take care of this drunk chick for us? However, Taylor Washek was not evaluated due to threatening to punch paramedics if they touched her. After police reportedly gave Taylor Washek multiple chances to call someone for assistance in getting to her nearby apartment or accept their offer to walk her home, she continued to yell profanities at cops and bystanders. She also allegedly asked officers if they wanted to bang on the sidewalk. And of course, folks, the smoking gun has to add... The arrest paperwork does not indicate whether any banging was actually consummated, though it seems unlikely. After continuing the 8.30 p.m. disturbance, which included Taylor Washak yelling that police were going to shoot her, so if she wasn't already a dopey blonde white chick, she is now, she was arrested for disorderly intoxication, a misdemeanor. Taylor Washak was released yesterday afternoon on her own recognizance from the county jail. So white boy Malcolm X. I just want to make sure, because that's a lot. I just want to make sure I have a complete picture of this story of what Olivia Taylor Washek was up to in St. Petersburg the other day. Okay, so here we go. Here's the story, folks. So Olivia Taylor Washek, she is out drinking. And apparently, folks, she is drinking quite a lot, right? (laughs) Either that or she's on some sort of medication, whatever excuse she's going to offer up like that, and just did a half a drink or something like that, right? We've heard those stories before where people are like, Well, I was on this medication. I only took like two sips of beer. I don't know what the hell happened to me. But anyway, she is clearly looking intoxicated, whether she was or not. She was appearing intoxicated, right? And so she's going around. Oh, hi, guys. Can I give you a lap dance? Right? That's what she's doing. Or, folks, she could be a lesbian. I don't know. I don't want to judge. I don't care. Oh, ladies, can I give you a lap dance, please, please, please? Right? She could be just, well, yes, White by Malcolm X. She could be part of the laziest section of our tribe, she could be a bisexual, right? Which means what? She will do anyone, right? She will give a lap dance to anyone. So she's just wandering around to anyone going, can I give you a lap dance, please? And so finally, someone's like, what the hell is going on with this clearly drunk, spaced out chick, right? What the hell is going on with this? Somebody please call Popo, right? So someone dials up 911 and the Popo show up in St. Petersburg. And they're like, holy crap, look at this train wreck waddling down the street. 
Here she comes. Right? In fact, folks, she is so highly intoxicated. The Pope are like, crap, I don't want to deal with this. Let's call the fire department. So what does the fire department do? They send out some EMTs. And poor paramedics, bless their hearts, bless the hearts of the police as well for having to deal with this. They're like, ma'am, can we help you? You seem a little out of it, right? And she's like, I'm going to punch you. Get away from me. Bleep, 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 right? So paramedics are like, okay, screw this stupid chick. We're out of here, right? So the poor Popo, like, okay, crap. I got a drunk chick. It's Florida. Drunk chicks everywhere, right? So what are we going to do? Haul her ass in jail? No, we got no room in there because it's already full with all the other drunk chicks. So we got to deal with this. They're like, ma'am, what? can I give you a lap dance? Hey, officers, would you like to scroll on the sidewalk? Yeah. Right? And they're like, oh, man, if I weren't gay already, I am now. <laughs> so... They're having to deal with this. And they're like, okay, let's just do this. Let's offer to walk her home. Ma'am, ma'am, hey, 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 can I get your attention? Uh, uh, you don't want to bang? No, just ma'am, stop. One second. Oh, okay, what? How would you like to call someone for assistance? Uh, blank you. Uh, let's go bang on the sidewalk. Ma'am, how about you call someone and let them take you home, right? Uh, no. <laughs> so, like, ma'am, how about we walk you home? Uh, blank you. Double blank you. Blank, 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 blank. Let's go on the sidewalk. Right? <laughs> I'm just picturing Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> right? I bang me on the sidewalk. So the officers, these poor, poor beleaguered officers, right, folks? They are just like, crap. We have called the paramedics and they laughed at us and left. We've offered her to take her home. We've offered to let her call someone else for help. Now, folks, now they came to the conclusion, crap, we got to go arrest this stupid chick. So they're like, ma'am. You are under arrest for public intoxication. And what does this stupid, drunk, blonde, white millennial chick do? Ah, the police are trying to shoot me. Ah, <laughs> I offered to bang them on the sidewalk, but they, they, just, they just want to shoot me. Ah. So she's trying to co-op, folks, Black Lives Matter in the middle of this. More white women's tears. And I'm sure there are a couple of BIPOC folks sitting around there going, oh, crap. There's another stupid white woman, another hysterical millennial white woman and her white women's tears trying to co-opt our moment in the middle of an arrest with the police officer. So bless everyone's hearts involved. Bless the paramedics' hearts. Bless the popo's hearts. Bless the stupid white chick's heart. And bless all the BIPOC folks' hearts that were out there having to watch this hysterical millennial white woman cry in her white women's tears. Because the police were going to shoot her, apparently. So yes, folks, that was the train wreck we were waiting for in the state of Florida. Thank you, Olivia Taylor Washek. Thank you to the smoking gun. And thank you, folks, because let's face it, on that note, a drunk, hysterical, millennial white woman carrying on, doing all sorts of crazy mayhem in the state of Florida. I absolutely, under no circumstances, can I top that? So let's go ahead and plug pull this podcast. <laughs> Thank you all so much for stopping by this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always with my snarky fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Yes, you are snarky, sir. That's why I didn't even ask your opinion on the story. I already knew what you were going to say. Remember, if you want to get hold of me, my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. My parlor handle is at millerfrost. If you're on the platform, hey, Come on by and say hello. Have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.